Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah and I'm back. This is Katie and Sarah's back. Uh, uh, back again. Uh, uh. <laughs> I am back. And you guys, we have recorded a few episodes for Patreon just now. And I am rusty, Katie. I am awkward <laughs> as fuck. Um yeah no I've I I know we did video recording and I just <laughs> felt like I didn't know what to do like I've been doing the mini-sodes and the Patreon episodes by myself but I haven't done a video recording in over a month and so <laughs> we were both just like yeah okay <laughs> so that's it <laughs> So awkward, and I just haven't really socialized with anyone outside of Greg and, like, hospital nurses and doctors, so I'm just like, how do I record again? What do I say? Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Anyways. Sarah gave a detailed account of what happened to her over on Patreon. I think it was about a 40-minute, or was it? I don't know, somewhere around there. I think it was. It was about 40 minutes long. Yeah, um, and oh man, she gave all the details. So if you want to know the full details of what happened to her, hop on over to Patreon. But I mean, I guess you can give just a little brief if you want to tell people what happened. (laughs) I'm such a narcissistic person. I'm like, so you should go check out the 40 minute video that we just made. No, no, I mean, I mean, really, though, like, I, I think the video, most of it is me with my like jaw to the ground. Like, what? So, yeah, those details are for the patrons. (laughs) Yeah, you guys can uh, listen to the whole thing, skip ahead, whatever you choose. But please, please just laugh about it, because I think that'll make me feel a lot better. Don't feel sorry for me. Just laugh, because there's some good, good gems in there where it's like, only that shit happens to me. I swear to Celestial Jesus, it's just (laughs) me, where I'm like, really? Cool. Um. But before I tell you a little bit, I wanted to just give another big shout out to Katie, you guys, because she has been rocking it the last month completely solo. I haven't done anything with the podcast and she has kept it running. She's done the mini episodes. She's done quite a few things for Patreon. She's done all the posts on Instagram, like literally everything. So big thanks to Katie for keeping it running. And you guys should give her all the love because, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like honestly, it was such a comfort because we talked about this before and Kitty knows I'm like an organized control freak and just the thought of not being able to contribute made my anxiety so bad, but I knew I was in good hands because Katie was like, "Don't worry, I got it. It's all in yeah. control." And I was like, "Okay, that's one thing I can check off my list and feel better about." So, thank I you. I got you. I you do the same for me. Of so. course. Yeah, we love each other. (laughs) Okay, so I'll tell you guys a little bit of what happened in case you haven't figured it out from Instagram. A few few stories I've done, especially the the picture of my knee that looked like a Cornish uh, pasty, which is like (laughs) my favorite, or a gyoza. Either one. I'm making gyoza tonight, by the way. So tribute to you. We had dumplings last night, and I was like, look, it's my knee. It's my knee. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, so basically I had a previous injury about 13 years ago from playing soccer, never got it sorted, just was like, my doctor was like, oh yeah, you just need to rest. Didn't think about it since then. I mean, I had pain and stuff, but I just always thought it was normal. Then Saturday, June 19th, it's going to be the worst the day, day of my life. PTSD from that day forever. Um, I, I got out of the shower, got dressed, uh, and by dress, I mean wearing, well, go listen to Patreon. Just, yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't give that away. Give it away. Just there's some surprises in there. I slip on water in the bathroom, ended up in the hospital. Long story short, had to have a six-hour surgery, lots of repairs, and a really long recovery time. So it's been crazy. I mean, I have good days. I have bad days. Most of the time, it's just, like, mentally and emotionally exhausting. Like, I'm constantly crying because it's just it's debilitating. And obviously, like, I can't do anything. I can't move. Yeah. I'm currently in bed still, like, with the my laptop in my lap and the mic beside me and I can only stay in this position for like two hours at a time so it's also been difficult I'm not able to work like it's because I can't sit in a chair and I also can't sit in this position but like mentally and everything else it's frustrating because I'm like I can do it I can work but physically I can't so that's Mm -hmm. been really hard for my anxiety and the fact that yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of borderline workaholic, so I want to jump back in, but it's like, I can't. Um, anyways, so thank you guys for all of your lovely messages. It's meant so much to me, especially when I haven't been able to record or work, even though I really want to. Um, I just appreciate you guys being super patient and understanding and all of the messages and love, like, honestly, and I'm not just saying this would be cheesy has made a world of difference. It was really lovely to get those words of encouragement and also had some lovely um, surprises that people like sent my way. Katie also treated me to some takeout and I have a nail appointment booked on her um, by like a retreat. So hopefully Yay. in a few weeks I'll be able to go and walk far enough to get it done. That's, that's my goal. I've like booked it far out in advance so that I'm like that's my goal I gotta work towards that every day to be able to walk (laughs) three blocks to get there like that is my goal treat yourself yes so thank you guys for everything I really really appreciate it and keep sending those positive vibes my way so that I can hopefully have a full and proper recovery in the next six months (laughs) I like when um I was messaging Sarah like I I don't even remember what we were talking about. I think I was just sending her love or whatever. And Sarah goes, but did you pray for me? (laughs) (laughs) I I have to give Greg credit for that one, though, because you're messaging me. He was beside me. He's like, you should ask her if she prayed for you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, I prayed to Satan for you. Yeah. Yes, that made me giggle because honestly, it was one of those moments where like I did get a lot of people saying that they're praying for me and I was like, that's nice. But then it kind of like fucks with your head because I'm like, should I be praying? What if like God is real? What if like the Mormon church is right? And like, because I wasn't wearing my garments, that's why I fucked up my knee. Like, that's what happens. Like, don't you hate that? And for me too, I'm just kind of like, okay, it's nice that you're praying for me and stuff. But like, I don't know. Could you send me food instead? Yeah. Could you send me some McDonald's? Because that's what I really want in bed. 
which I did have. That was literally, this is how trashy I am, and I love myself for it. The first meal I had when I got out of the hospital and in bed, I was like, I want McDonald's, and I want it now. Like, oh that God, is what I so want. Funny. <laughs> do you do you get chicky nuggies, or what do you get? No, I just get, like, in Germany, they call it a Royal Kaza, which I'm pretty sure is, like, a quarter pounder. I think oh, that's what it translates to. But it's just, like, the most comforting food for me and I think it's because I'm not at home and it's oh, like yeah. the one like American thing where I'm like McDonald's even though I'm gonna regret it instantly and shit myself <laughs> in 10 minutes I'm gonna get it yeah I can't do it I just yeah I get the <laughs> diarrhea I can't <laughs> literally every time it's hot lava like cool. I'm just like Greg is just like why do you get it and I'm like because it's worth it I need it <laughs> I need to feel better about my life. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, welcome, listeners, to our diarrhea podcast. <laughs> welcome to the edition of Hot Lava, and Sarah's back on it once again. <laughs> We've missed her. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we're so glad to have you back. I, everyone's missed you. It's been, it has definitely not been as spicy or hilarious <laughs> over here for the past month. So, we needed you back. <laughs> well, good thing my body was like, I'm going to fuck you over once again so you have good material for the podcast. So thank That's you, the only body. reason. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so before we start, I have, we have a bunch of patrons to shout out because it's been a month. Um, so we have someone with a really cool name, Sarah. Hey, Ooh, Sarah. hi, Sarah. And I believe it's Sarah with an H, right? It is. Uh-huh. Yep. I will forgive you because you're Patreon, but <laughs> no. Thanks for joining us, Sassy Sarah. I sassy feel like Sarah. that's yeah, yeah. sassy. We also have Diane. Diane joined us in Outer Darkness. So, Ooh, Diane, we just sent you a video. Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have someone that has named themselves on Patreon Real Roast Beef, which, yes, Arby's, <laughs> we have the meats. <laughs> oh, my God. I was literally just thinking about Arby's. Every, oh, I love roast beef so much. Like, one of my fave meals. So. Well, so now we have a whole other reason to love it because they're our patron. So thank you, Real Roast Beef. <laughs> Then we also have Taylor, who is an Outer Darkness member as well. Taylor, we sent you a video. We (laughs) did just record you a video. I apologize in advance because I'm going to continuously call you Tay-Tay. I just, it's going to happen, but. um, (laughs) She's just like, oh my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, and unsubscribe. Sorry. Unsubscribe. (laughs) But thank you, Taylor. We appreciate you. We also have Susie. Hey, Susie. Thank you Susie. so much. Oh, my God. I love that name, Susie. It's cute, huh? Yeah. yeah welcome, it. Susie. And thanks for thanks for being with us. We <laughs> have support. Yeah. Um, we also have Christine. Hey, Christine. Welcome. Hi, Christine. I don't have anything witty right now, but I will think of something at some point. <laughs> At some time in the at future. At some point in time. But don't think that that reflects my level of appreciation and, and love for you because of death. Yes. And then last but not least, I this one we have, I think something happened here, but Alina, 
uh, I think you were already our patron and something happened and you canceled, but then re-signed up, I'm pretty sure is what happened here. But anyways, thanks for being there with us because we appreciate it. Thanks for coming back and sorry if there were any difficulties on Patreon or whatever, but we are glad that you are back. Thanks for signing up again and hanging in there with us. And Yeah. And also, also we have um, our patron Dusty. She edited her pledge to be higher than it was before. Dusty, I, uh, uh, last week, it, it was, yeah, last week I read a story she sent in and I literally cried on the podcast so (laughs) she makes me cry love her (laughs) dusty i yeah thank you so much for editing your pledge and for your support like honestly i talk about this a bit in the patreon video that i just uploaded or didn't upload (laughs) first of all i never upload them katie does so let me just backtrack (laughs) right there but also we haven't done that yet um where I was just talking about how, like, you guys sent so much love, and especially quite a few of our patrons, like Dusty and Jake and Monica. Like, I'm just going to – I'm not going to name them all, but, like, obviously you guys, like, every other day were sending me messages as you were sending them, like, constantly. And, like, genuine messages, not just, like, a heart emoji, which I do that all the time, and that is actually genuine for my side, but, like – yeah. Yeah. But, like, real, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's the update? How did your appointment go? Like, how are you able to walk? Like, sincere questions. I was literally made me cry almost every day. So, thank Aww. you guys so much for those genuine, authentic messages and for your concern. It was really heartfelt. And especially considering I've never met any of you in person. And I think that's <laughs> so fucking amazing. Like, it really is amazing. I know. You all are the best. Hashtag digital times, you know? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Digital friendships. (laughs) Oh, my God, Sarah, we sound like valley girls. Oh, my God. Also, though, Katie told me that we have some really lovely reviews, and I read them yesterday, and they are amazing. So thank you guys for going and leaving us five stars and giving some really amazing reviews and for calling out people who gave us bad reviews like I was chuckling so much yesterday reading those (laughs) thank you so good okay well um that's all I have for announcements if we want to get into the episode unless you have something else I do Katie how are you I feel like I've been talking about myself for the last hour and the listeners want to know how are you Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm just chilling. Um, yeah, nothing really new to report for me. <laughs> I'm just boring. Just no, you're out. not. Also, <laughs> this is like a side note, but I want to know after offline, can you tell me where you got your cute sandals? Because I need those now for when I walk. <laughs> oh, when I'm my- able to walk. <laughs> Yeah, my port of sandals. <laughs> yes, I've become all about the comfort, but those are just they're Tevas, so you can just get them online. Yeah, okay. I just they're I like the rainbow ones. <laughs> they're so cute and so Katie. Katie is like literally her toenails were a different color to match <laughs> the Tevas as well. Like Katie is when I think of unicorns and glitter and rainbow, I think of Katie. Me. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I love it. Okay, All the colors. <laughs> I'm going to be twinsies, and we're going to have them because they look 
Like they're sturdy, stable sandals. And that's yes. what I made. Exactly. Yeah. Get yourself some. They're okay. great. Hi. We're not sponsored by Tevas. But, but Tevas, if you want to sponsor us, you can. Yeah. Hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So today's episode is kind of a, uh, it's a Patreon requested, Outer Darkness member requested episode requested by Kelly. Kelly! Kelly! Kelly is such a babe and I'm obsessed with her. We all know that. So yes. she's been on the show and I, yeah, love her. So she requested that we cover more like Mormon offshoots or Mormon sex, <laughs> sex, um, <laughs> but different branches of Mormonism. And I started researching more of them because we have covered a bit of like the SLDS, Warren Jeffs kind of stuff a little bit. Um, but I was researching this and there's so many offshoots and I was kind of going down a rabbit hole and I was like, there's just too much here. So I just decided to focus on one of them today. And Ooh, I figured, like yeah, I figured that we can always do more later and we can cover some on Patreon um, just because I feel like if I was going to try to jumble like jumble them all up together in this one episode it would be really confusing and really long so yeah no, no I think that's great and again like Katie did all of the research I haven't done anything for this so I'm super excited to hear and to learn about it so I think that you might have heard the name of this and maybe know a little bit about it, but we shall see. So, oh, she, <laughs> I decided to cover the church of the firstborn of the lamb of God. Oh my God. I don't know this. You, so it was, it was founded, I guess. I'll, I'll tell more about it in a minute, but the okay. leader of this specific branch is Ervil LeBaron, AKA, the Mormon Manson. <gasps> oh my God. This is one that I've wanted to cover. Like, oh, okay, cool. I'm so excited. So that excited. gasp, that gasp just gave me life. So. <laughs> okay. So when Joseph Smith founded the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, <laughs> AKA the Momo church, um, <laughs> Benjamin F. Johnson was one of his earliest supporters, like from the beginning. So Ooh. Johnson followed everything that Joseph Smith taught and practiced polygamy because that's what Joseph Smith taught, even though a lot of people like to say he did it, but he did. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Um, so later on, when the church renounced polygamy, which... People say that they renounced polygamy because of revelation from God, when in reality it was because of pressure from the government. Let's be real. Um, That's my favorite. Is this like it's so obvious because it's related to like they were in trouble during that yes. time, and yeah. yeah. And so they made a re God revealed that we'll no longer practice polygamy, but. A lot of the people in the church were like, wait, but this is a commandment that is in the scriptures that says it's for forever. Like it's an eternal commandment that you should be polygamist. And so many people broke away from the church at that time because they were like, well, that's not the true te teachings of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
so uh, Benjamin F. Johnson was one of those people. And he um, continued to practice polygamy and left the mainstream church. And in 1924, Benjamin F. Johnson's grandson named Alma Dayer LeBaron moved his family to Mexico. <laughs> so they moved to Mexico because the Mexican government didn't prosecute polygamists. So. Oh, is that how like the the call like the Mormon colony in Mexico was established? Because like basically they went there to practice polygamy. Yeah, mm-hmm. because uh-huh. they weren't. Yeah, the government didn't care. So and they settled near Colonia Juarez in Chihuahua, Mexico. Oh my God! So, so I've totally been there. Yep. Okay, continue. Oh, you have! I forgot yep. about yeah, that. Yeah, we had our guest, um, Haley. Right. That's right. That's right. I always forget about that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So Alma Dayer, <laughs> he, I, just, I don't know why I just can't say that name without giggling. He believed that um, Benjamin Johnson was the rightful successor to Joseph Smith. And then he also believed that he had been appointed after uh, Benjamin Johnson to fall, like to be the leader. So he like, I guess what every prophet does is like, oh, no, I'm the next leader. And the other guy's like, no, I'm the next leader. You know, they just appoint uh-huh. yep. Um, And after Alma's death, several of his sons claimed to be his true successor. So in 1955, his son, Joel LeBaron, founded the Church of the Firstborn of the Fullness of Times. And God, what is with these long names? <laughs> Uh, it's the fullness of time, Sarah, just whatever, um, and named himself the prophet, as you do, and his brother, Ervil LeBaron, became Herbal? the second in, Ervil, <laughs> became second in command of that church, and um, their third brother, Verlin, also was high up in that church, so this group ultimately was about 30 families, like but fucking big families because they were polygamists and um, they they had like little different hubs all over. So it was like mostly in that settlement in Mexico, but they also had um, places in like Utah and Arizona and I think in in California, too. So they're kind of all over, but mostly in this little spot in Mexico. So in 1966, Seven tensions were rising between Joel and Ervil, and Ervil began began advocating for the return of blood atonement. <gasps> so <laughs> let's yeah. do let's let's do a little reminder for those who haven't listened to the episode where Katie explains blood atonement to us because it's <laughs> fucking crazy. It's insane. So blood atonement was taught by. Brigham Young. I mean, and I guess it's in the Bible too, in the Old Testament. But um, Brigham Young taught that there are sins that cannot be they are, cannot be forgiven or atoned for unless you, that person, the sinner's blood, is shed. So essentially, advocating to kill people in order to save them and send them to heaven if they've committed a quote unquote unpardonable sin. That's so crazy. So this guy was like, he wants to bring it back. Yeah, he was like, you know, Brigham Young was right. And we need to be preaching this and practicing this. And 
Joel was like, no, we're, we're not doing that in this church. And Joel was the leader. So Ervil was like, but you're not following the true commandments. And um, he was just really upset with his brother that his brother wouldn't teach blood atonement, which is like, That's... why would you be so obsessed with, I don't, but why are you obsessed with polygamy? I don't know. It, it's all crazy. Exactly. Like, I, it, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so they also argued a lot about their second biggest colony, which was a ranch known as Los Molinos, and that was in Baja, California. Mm. Um, Joel intended this land to be, like, for people to live on, like the um, church members to live on, but Ervil wanted to develop the land into a resort to make them more money. <laughs> that's in true religion. in true Mormon fashion right anything yep. you can do to get more money <laughs> so they were arguing a lot about lots of things but by the late 1960s Ervil LeBaron began pr- actively preaching against his brother accusing his brother of crimes against their faith and claiming he was in apostasy because he didn't practice or preach blood atonement <sighs> He claimed that he had a vision from God, of course, saying that Joel was no longer following the teachings of Joseph Smith and was a fallen prophet. And he, and Ervil po- proclaimed that he himself was the true successor, successor to his father. And Isn't that's that so convenient. Sorry that like they can just be like, oh, well, God came to me. Yeah, and right. This is what he told me. <laughs> it's like every single cult leader of all time has said well, God came to me and told me that I'm the leader and I need to have sex with your wife. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be like the best way to end every argument? Like imagine if you really had that power and to be like, well, God, actually, came God to me. told me. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that the end all be all. It's like, it's kind of like what Mormons do when you're trying to like get them to do something or I don't know, you, you. Uh, in any situation they can be like well I prayed and I got a feeling that I shouldn't do that (laughs) yeah exactly and it's like okay okay you just say you don't want to do it and move along Um, okay so this is when Ervil began the church of the firstborn of the lamb of god (laughs) names are killing me I know. Um, and of course, named himself the president and prophet because God said so. Lulz. <laughs> but um, God said. God said so. So some of Joel's followers uh, switched their allegiance and started following Ervil. And Ervil became increasingly erratic and obsessed with like vengeance and power, and violence, and blood atonement, obviously, Um, and he would sometimes give rambling sermons that lasted over 24 hours, like, the man was bananas. Okay, no one ever call me a chatty Kathy again, because (laughs) I do not compare to that. (laughs) Yeah, you've got nothing on Ervil, right? I've got nothing. Also, how do you spell his name? I'm trying to, like, it's E R V I L, Ervil. Gosh, what, what an weird. interesting name. I know, huh? Oh. So, yeah, he claimed that God said that he himself, Ervil, was the one mighty and strong, and that Joel had committed treason against the gospel. Oh, so, 
because of all of this feuding and because he's convinced and he's convinced others that Joel is like evil and wicked and has committed treason in 1972, Ervil, what, what, what did he do? He orchestrated and ordered the murder of his brother. Oh. Yeah. So he sent some of his, you know, devout followers to so kill. He didn't even do it himself. What? No. This is why they call him the Mormon Manson is because like Charles Manson, he never actually killed someone like with his his own hands. He ordered his followers to do it. Oh wow, that's so creepy. I find that so much creepier. I know, like that they have that power over yeah. others. Yeah. So um, he sent his devout followers to kill his brother, and he was beaten with a chair nearly to death and then brutally shot multiple times. Oh, my God. And, and this was inside a house of one of the members of the church, but his son was outside waiting in the car for him, <gasps> and he heard it all happen. He heard his father being murdered, and he saw the murderers like leave the house he like witnessed it essentially oh God. how old was his son I don't remember but I mean I think maybe a teenager I could be wrong Jesus. but um one of the assassins was named Daniel Ben Jordan he was later arrested for the murder but was released because witnesses were too afraid to testify against him like that's no how way. much of a yeah and the other killer, there were two of them. The other one just was never arrested at all. Like, what? Why? I don't know. I don't know if there, there wasn't enough evidence or I, I have no idea. The justice system, and not sometimes, all the time, just baffles me. Uh, yeah, me too. And this wasn't even that long ago. This was 1972. It wasn't like this was like, you know, the wild, wild west 1800 or something. <laughs> and let me guess, were these men all white? Um... You know, I don't know, but I think so. But I don't know for sure. Okay, I haven't I'm just their picture. But Ervil for sure is. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, because, you know, of course, like, if it was a person of color, like, they would have found any way to send oh, sure. to life sure. and, or the chair, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So after... This horrible thing, this Joel, he was the prophet of the other church, and he was murdered. Um, Ervil was expecting all of his followers, all of Joel's followers, to just come to his side after Joel what? died. But they didn't, because they were like, it, it was obvious that Ervil had ordered his death. And um, so instead, they actually started following the youngest brother, Verlin, instead. Like they or they like made him their prophet instead instead of following Ervil. So of course that pissed him off. But um I was gonna tell you Ervil was actually arrested and convicted of planning the murder of his brother, but he was freed a year later by an appellate court on a technicality. Can you believe what? that? Like you were just saying the justice system is so fucked. <laughs> It makes me think of, um, also, sorry, I'm having to readjust you guys and sit up because I'm sliding down, so sorry. <laughs> um, it makes me think of um, the guy who started Young Living. 
Like, oh my God, God yes. He's got off so many times, which speaking of, I kind of like, yeah, basically gave my mom a little background on that. Like basically like a recap of the episode we did, but in like three minutes, because somehow it was brought up about essential oils. And I was like, all right, let me tell you about this. I was like, first of all, <laughs> it doesn't cure lupus. Stop giving your money to these people who are selling it to you. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, it's called an MLM. It's a multi-marketing, multi-level marketing. And she was like, yeah, it's a pyramid uh, scheme. And I was like, oh, so you do know. Okay, well, let me tell you about this guy. So, like, I went in and was, like, telling her about him and how, like, he wasn't arrested. Or he was, but, like, he got out so many times. He got away. Yes. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that is. That's a good parallel. This guy is very, very much like that. So... Okay, so now Irville's free. He got out of prison on a technicality, but everyone basically knows that he ordered the death of his brother. And now he's out. And so everyone's, like, pretty scared, unless they're his followers, right? And But he was most interested now in executing his brother Verlin, because now he was the prophet of the opposing church. Well, also, um, Berlin's, like, pretty brave, because honestly, I would be like, fuck that. I'm not taking right? it. And my I brother's going to murder me. I know, right? Um, and he was. He was really scared. Like, he was afraid for his life. And so he actually went into hiding. Like, he had all these different safe houses that he would travel around to because he, was, he, he like, knew that his brother wanted to kill him. Oh, so. Denzel. I know brother like I know he's already killed his other one like nothing's gonna stop him he's like God told me I'm the only prophet um so in an effort to like find him and and flush him out on December 26 1974 Ervil ordered his underage his teenage wife and it was his 13th wife by the way uh yeah he's He's gross. So, yeah, he's a polygamist. Should have thrown that in there. But, yeah. So he has, like, child brides. And he ordered one of them. Her name was Rena Chenoweth and her brothers, Mark and Duane, to raid uh, Los Molinos. So Los Molinos was one of their, you know, that area that they were, like, arguing about what to do with. Mm-hmm. And he thought that that Verlin was staying there. So he ordered his <laughs> child bride and her brothers to go raid it. So they went there, they threw firebombs at the houses and like started burning the whole city. And as the the panicking residents were like screaming and running from their houses, some of them were on fire, like running out of their house. They waited for people to run out of their burning houses and then shot them. (gasps) Yeah. And they, I mean, they injured a bunch of people. They killed the two people, but I mean, Luckily, it was only two, but still, that's way too many. Um, and they were two young young men. Ugh, just <sighs> awful. So, oh, my God. Yeah, and they, you know, they then they ran away, and uh, Ervil was arrested for, like, ordering them to do that. But he was released due to lack of evidence because he wasn't actually the one that was there. And from what I could find online, some people think that maybe a bribe was involved. I mean, I was just about to say that, and I haven't actually looked into this that much. So, like, yeah, it sounds like something something fishy, definitely, for sure. Like, it sounds like he was, 
bribed or he had something on the local authorities or he was able to give money, something. Like, you just don't get off twice with two murders. And it's so obvious that you are the person responsible. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone knows. And but he was he was pissed off because his brother hadn't been at Los Molinos at the time. He was in a different safe house. And so his brother was still alive. And he was Ervil was furious that it hadn't worked. And he was like eager to try to find him and kill him. But in the meantime, he had other matters to attend to. So oh, no. So there was a woman named Noemi Zarate. And she was a wife. She was the wife of Bud Chenoweth, who was the father of two of Ervil's wives. It's really confusing. Like it's God, so confusing. Like family tree diet. Right. Like, I can't even keep it straight. But anyways, this woman Noemi, she was getting really upset by like all this violence that was happening and how it was so obvious that it was Ervil and all of his followers that were perpetuating this violence. So she was fed up, and she told her husband and she threatened to leave and go to the police after that raid because it was just getting out of hand. And somehow word of this got to Ervil that she was like threatening to go tell the police. So on Ervil's orders, two of his wives, uh, Vonda White and Yolanda Rios, invited Noemi to accompany them on a drive through the foothills. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't They've like been- where this is going. Uh-oh. But the women had been friends for years, like they all got along well. But um, as dusk fell, Yolanda suddenly steered the truck off the road and ordered Noemi to get out. She obeyed and got out of the car. And then Vonda got out of the car behind her, pulled out a gun and shot and killed Noemi right there. Just fucking killed her out in the middle of the wilderness, in the middle of the desert. And her body was never found. Like, it's <gasps> never been found. Yeah. We only know about this because of later on their confessions, essentially. But um, Ervil was very pleased, obviously, that they did this. And this, like, fueled his desire for more power. Because now he's killed his brother, the two people in the Los Molinos raid, and now Noemi. So isn't it crazy? Like, I'm sure he just felt like above the law in every single sense because he could get his wives and his followers to just do anything he wanted them to do. Like anything. Exactly. And he's been released twice. So like, I mean, that's got to be the biggest like power trip ever being like, you can't catch me. Like I've gone to prison twice now and like you still haven't caught me. Like, yeah, like he, he, he thinks that like God's protecting him. Or something. Yeah, that he's untouchable because he is the Lord's mouthpiece. Ugh, gross. (laughs) Okay, so after this, Ervil moved part of his family to San Diego, California, and he wrote letters to and visited many other polygamous leaders. And he would just like go visit them and then like tell them, hey, I'm the true prophet, so you need to switch your allegiance to me, and you also need to give me all your money and tithing. And all the polygamous leaders were like, no, why would I do that? And then he'd, he'd like, threaten them and be like, I've killed other people. I'll kill you. 
God. Like, I mean, the Church of <laughs> Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints doesn't outright say that shit, but it just a mind fuck with you anyways. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, yeah, we're not going to kill you, but give us all your money and follow us so that your family can be together forever and you don't go yep. to And if you don't, then you might end up in outer darkness. So yes. you better just, it is, it's a, it's an eternal threat, right? Yep. So one of these leaders that he would do this to is named Robert Simons. He was a leader of a small polygamous sect in Utah. And this guy was also problematic to, uh, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, he was a polygamist, so love. But he also <laughs> thought that he was the rightful like successor to Joseph Smith. And he claimed that God had chosen him to be the prophet that brought the LDS faith to the Native Americans. Uh, uh, yeah, he thought he was gonna quote unquote save the, be, the native be the people. white savior who saves. Yep. Oh God! Yeah, so Erville like really wanted him to join his church. He like continuously visited visited him, tried to persuade him to join his cult, but um, Simon's wouldn't because why would you? And then he denounced Erville after learning that Erville was flirting with and wanted to marry one of his wives. So that's what did it for him. He's like, stop flirting with my wife. Get away from me. Like, you're a false prophet. And so that's what pushed him over the edge. Not, you know, the fact that he's murdered several people. He's batshit, like, off the rocker. And hands off my property, which is my wife, right? That's when he gets mad. And so because of this, uh, on Erville's orders, uh, two of his followers, they they went to Simons and they told him like, hey, we um, we just found some native tribes that were asking us about a white prophet. And we think they're talking about you. Come with us and we'll show you where where this tribe is. And so this dumbass goes with them. <laughs> and- <laughs> dumbass. But really, how gullible do you have to be where it's like, oh, right cool yeah you're the you're the followers of that guy who threatened to kill me and steal my wife but sure and uh anyway I I feel like he he deserves that (laughs) I know they so they drove him out to the middle of nowhere and shot him I mean it's sad but like come on man sorry I don't mean to make fun of because obviously getting murdered is never funny or joke but it's like his, I feel like his ego was so in the way. Like any other person, yeah. would be like danger, danger. Let's not right. go. He's like, I need to save these people who are, you know, need to be saved by a white savior. Let me right, be because, that person. Because he believed he's like, you know, all the other Mormon sects. Like he believed that the Native American people were they were cursed with Please. because of. So yeah. Anyway. Moving right along. So that same year, another another one of Erville's followers named Dean Vest. These names are just yeah. Out of, these, <laughs> where are they he, coming from? Yeah, he was one of like his main supporters, but he actually was deciding like that he should maybe leave the group because his wife really wanted out and was like threatening to leave him if they didn't leave Erville's group because it was just getting so so violent. Um, and Erville was kind of already angry with Dean because Dean had a houseboat and Erville had told him that God said that he should sell that houseboat and give Erville the money. And 
And Dean wouldn't. He's like, I want to keep my houseboat. And Ervil was like, ooh, you're disobeying God. God, the things that, like, think about it. It's like women, like, it's his property. So the other guy was like, uh-huh. you know, oh, yeah, not not going to happen now. But then the other one's like, oh, it's a houseboat. Can't can't get rid of my houseboat. Like, exactly. It's all about property to these, to uh-huh. these dudes. So because of this, because there, he was kind of thinking about leaving and because of the houseboat, thing uh Ervil told his wife Vonda White the same one as before it's that was his 10th wife he he told her that God had said that Dean needed to um have blood atonement so Vonda she was also six months pregnant at the time which is crazy but he she called Dean over to her house asking him to look at her dishwasher because it was broken and while he was looking at her dishwasher, she shot him multiple times in the torso and the head. Oh, my God. Right in her kitchen, spluttering, like, blood everywhere, all over her kitchen. And her children were in the next room. <gasps> she did this because Ervil told her to. Like, ugh, it's crazy. And so she called the police and told them that, like, she she was in the other room and she heard gunshots and it must have been someone from the opposing church that had come in and killed Dean. But police showed up and they saw blood on her shoes and were like, if you were in the other room, why is blood on your shoes? And she's just like, I don't know. And apparently they <laughs> couldn't they couldn't link her to the murder. Like They like questioned her, I think. And then they just let her go. They let her go on orders that she stay in town because they needed to investigate further. So, you know, she stayed in town, right? For sure. No, I'm just, I'm just baffled, and also like I just, (sighs) yeah. So the next day, she and her whole family had had fled the city. She was gone, Um, but later, she was later convicted of his murder. So like, but many years later. So anyway, so but Ervil told her after she had done this, he told her that this because she did that she was insured a place in the highest level of the celestial kingdom so that was her reward for killing dean wow okay Mm -hmm. so in 1977 ervil had another problem to deal with his pregnant teenage daughter rebecca who he'd given away to an older man as a child yeah she had already had a son Um, I mean, and she was a child herself, but she had had a son and she was pregnant again. And her sister wife had actually taken her son and like told her that she couldn't keep her son like it was hers. And she was upset about that. And uh, I mean, I would be too. Obviously. (laughs) Because of that, she was threatening to like go to the police and tell them about what her father was doing. So... uh, this is really bad, but a witness later testified that her body was stuffed into the trunk of Ervil's car after after she was strangled to death for over 20 minutes. Oh. Yeah, and Ervil, like, drove that car, he, like, drove that car around town with her in the trunk and just was awful. He just beat the shit. So, um, Ervil's, um, okay, so... Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> no, you're fine. This is meantime, good. This is this is like making me think of. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I wonder if like 
this the film um, The Devil All the Time, I'm sure it got inspiration from different stories, obviously, and maybe like even this one because it sounds like some of the things like make me think of like I'm I'm imagining these characters in the film. Yeah, yeah, um, it really does sound like a movie. Yeah. Okay. So Rebecca was just murdered by essentially. I don't think Ervil actually did it himself. He had his followers do it. Um, but Rebecca's mother, who was Ervil's first wife, her name is Delphina. She discovered that her daughter had been murdered, and she was obviously horrified. Um, but another one of her daughters warned her that if she if she like spoke out about it, she would be the next victim of blood atonement essentially so and she fully believed it she was like okay like they've murdered you know tons of people and now they murdered my teenage daughter who was pregnant so she um Delphine took her youngest daughter and snuck out of the house and fled which I think is amazing and would be really really scary I just can't get over that he murdered his pregnant wife his pregnant daughter. Oh, sorry, pregnant daughter. Yeah. That's yeah, incredible. he'd given away. Oh, God. Okay, so Ervil had never given up the idea of killing his brother Verlin, obviously. That's the main goal is to kill the other brother. So he had a plan to to find Verlin because you know how Verlin was in like safe houses and stuff. Yeah. He decided that a way to get him out of hiding was if he if there was like a well-known person that was killed because Verlin would have to go to that funeral to pay his respects. So, oh my god, that's Peaky Blinders. Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> so many like connections. So, many. <laughs> so he convinced his 18-year-old wife, Rena Chenoweth, who by the way he had started molesting her when she was only 12, which is just oh. fucking nasty. So he convinced her and his stepdaughter, Ramona Marston, to kill Rulon Allred, who is the leader of the Apostolic United Brethren, which is one of the largest polygamous sects. And I think they're headquartered in Ogden, Utah. I also think that the show Sister Wives kind of follows something, oh. a strain of that. So anyways, he had like a, I think it was something like a wellness clinic. Maybe he sold essential oils. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, Rulon Allred was the prophet of that. And he was really well known. So um, yeah, so Ervil convinced his Rena and Ramona to go to Rulon's wellness clinic. And this was in Salt Lake City. And they just waltzed right into his wellness clinic with guns and just shot him dead and ran out can you imagine just like being in there you're just gonna get a massage or something and these two 18 year old girls just walk in and just kill the guy that's giving you a massage just shoot him right there I just yeah so the uh you know that really crazy and awful and and his uh funeral was scheduled for a few days later so Ervil had three of his followers uh attend the funeral with orders to kill Verlin because they were like Verlin's for sure going to show up to this like he wouldn't miss this funeral and they were waiting and they realized that they were surrounded by there were tons of police at this funeral because everyone fucking knew everyone was like Herbal's behind this he's probably going to try to kill people at the funeral too so 
they backed out. And of course, Ervil was furious. But I mean, I'm glad they didn't do anything. That could have been like terrible. A shooting at a funeral. Oh, funeral. That's horrible. Yeah. So eventually, um, Ervil was actually captured in Mexico. Um, I mean, after a really long time, though, like too long, there were all of these murders. But um, he was finally tried and convicted in the U.S. for... Yeah, for planning Rulon Allred's murder. And it was, yeah, obviously the first time that any of these charges stuck. Uh, he, yeah, he was sentenced to, I think, life in prison. Um, but Rina... Sorry, he was only charged for one of the murders? Yep, just for Rulon Allred's, like, planning oh. his murder. Yeah. Um, and the, the girls, the teenage girls that actually shot him were acquitted by what? a jury. I know. I it, it doesn't make sense to me because they were 18, like they should have. But I think they were the jury must have just felt a lot of sympathy for them because Ervil was brainwashing them and like forcing them to do this, essentially, because I'm sure if they didn't do it, he would have killed them. You know, I don't know. Jeez. They should have paid some price, though. But the, yeah, yeah definitely. she actually like wrote a book. There's a lot of people that have like been close to these families that have written books and I've read a few of them and they're insane. I can't imagine living that kind of life. Jeez. But um, so while he was incarcerated in Utah, he continued to write testaments for his followers. Of course he would like write <laughs> scriptures. He's like fucking Warren Jeffs, you know, they just write things in prison and thinking that they're still basically God. So um, and still trying to get money. Yes, yes. And one of these was called the Book of New Covenants, which contained a list of 50 people that Ervil had marked for blood atonement. What? Yeah. And I so I didn't go really far down into this because I felt like I was running out of time. But there were people in there that um, he had named, like people that had testified at his, you know, at his court hearing and stuff against him and I think some of those people actually were killed by his followers while he was in jail similar to Charles Manson right literally though yeah so luckily Ervil died in jail in 1981 so he died god right like just like yeah (laughs) I'm so I'm so cold-hearted but like this man was awful yeah, um bad. and it would have kept going like it would have kept going and he was pretty young like he w- and he was only in jail for only a couple of years I think and then he died in jail from a heart attack and then I think it was just a couple of days later his brother Verlin the one that he was constantly trying to kill he actually died in a car crash in Mexico no like, way yes and so I, he I read, was the prophet of God. I read that people who like followed Ervil said, oh yeah, once our prophet Ervil died and got to heaven, his first act of being in heaven was to kill his brother. Uh, <laughs> 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 it is weird though. So anyway, that is Ervil LeBaron, the Mormon Manson, one of the offshoots yeah. of the LDS church. And I just want to say like, I think, that the real like original Mormon Manson is is basically Brigham Young, right? Because if Brigham Young hadn't said all that shit about blood atonement and preached that way, then that wouldn't have started that whole wave of all of these other people following 
blood atonement. A hundred percent. You're you're completely right. Like yeah. he is the original, the OG Mormon Manson. Like he created this doctrine. Mm-hmm. Said it was the only way, and yeah. because of him and the Mormon Church in general, like this, yeah, happened, you know, yeah, and because of how Joseph Smith formed the church, in that he said, you know, that there are uh, modern day prophets that can get revelation. Um, yeah. Any any old person can say that they're the prophet, and God told them to kill people. So it really all stems from the founders of the Mormon church. And as much as the modern day Mormon church wants to distance themselves from it, it's like, it's in their history too. It's in their books too. And it's in the prophets that they basically worship too. Yeah, it's in their books. And it's also, you know, again, we talk about this quite often, but this whole comment that, you know, the people are imperfect, but the church is perfect. (laughs) It's like, how much more can we express that that is just factually incorrect? Like, you this isn't information we're pulling out of our ass and making up like this is real these are facts Mm -hmm. and this proves that the church is by far not perfect like yeah that is really problematic it's not just that it's imperfect it's problematic like imperfection is not a negative thing but this is a problematic issue and it stems from the very beginning the first foundations of this church like this this is an issue yeah, and obviously it continues. If Joseph Smith hadn't written the Book of Mormon and claimed it was from God, if like he had just left well enough alone, lots of people wouldn't have been murdered in his name, essentially. Yep. Yeah. Like the church yep. is problematic, it's untrue, and it's harmful and murdery. Murdery. <laughs> murdery. It's murdery. <laughs> I can say words. <laughs> Anyway, that's the story, and thank you for letting me tell it, and thank you for, like, spending all this time with me when you have your incredibly uncomfortable knee and everything. I just, I'm so happy that we got to have you back. Thank you. Thank you for all the research and for the story. Like, it was so good, and I was so into it that it was, it was good for my knee. It distracted me from the good and pain, so it's like after I've, I've hit my my two hour mark and my tailbone is now numb and my oh, foot no. is numb. So I need to go move and exercise. And yes. and yes. by exercise, you guys, I mean just flexing my toes and my feet and uh, stimulating the muscles with a little massage. <laughs> Stimulate it, baby. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, thanks for having me back. Thanks again, you guys, for being patient with me. And yeah, I hope you guys are all safe. Still wash your damn hands. And (laughs) also, let's add to that list, wipe up your damn floors, especially your bathroom floors, so you do not slip and fuck up your knee. Okay? (laughs) Yes, that's important. (laughs) And also, don't follow any cults like this. Nope, don't follow cults. Cults are bad news. (laughs) Yep, bad news. (laughs) Okay, everybody, bye. Bye.